0: Today is the third week in this teaching series we've been doing um, the last few weeks and called Enlarging Our Capacity for More. Um, If you were here over the last couple of weeks, let me just give you, uh, or not, we'll give you a, a short reminder. For the past two weeks, we've been talking about how we want our lives to be measured. It's important that we think about this, because how we are living today and the priorities we set for ourselves today will determine how we we will be remembered uh, by others and how we will be measured by God in the future. Two weeks ago we talked about increasing our spiritual territory and we talked about the prayer of a man named Jabez in the Old Testament book of First Chronicles and how he asked God to bless him and to enlarge his territory to increase his responsibilities. How many of us pray that kind of prayer regularly? Most of us ask God to bless us, I'm sure. But how many of us are really looking for more responsibility, more to do in an already overcrowded life? The point of Jabez's prayer is that God was the center of his life. God was the center of his work, and he invited God into his life, and God's will and God's purposes were his number one priority. And only after he had all of that straight in his life Did he ask God to bless him and increase his sphere of influence? Last week, we talked about how our lives need to be measured not by what we earn and accumulate in life, but by what we're willing to give away. We need to give our money. We need to give our time, our skills, our energy to God and to other people. And when we live this way, we we will come to the end of our life and hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Other people will also remember us, not by what we've gathered and amassed in our life, but by the difference we've made in giving ourselves to God and to other people. I believe that God not only measures how we use our resources of time and wealth that he's given us, but God also measures how, he, how we use the power that he has given us. See, power is the influence we have in the lives of others. And like money... Power is neither good or bad, but it can be used for good or for evil. When we use our power for good, we are lifting other people up. We're helping people. When we use our power for evil, we're just trying to be in control and have things our way. While we may think about power in terms of adults using power, the truth is that power can be seen in everyone from the youngest to the oldest. Children are experts at using their power to be in control and get their own way. If you doubt me on that, just ask any parent of a toddler here this morning. But what's amazing is that children aren't taught this. It's just there in them. This quest for power and control is in all of us. Bullying is an abuse of power. When we use our position and influence to put other people down, it's an abuse of power. And bullying doesn't stop when we leave school hostile work environments are an abuse of power. The horrible ways that some people talk to each other on social media is an abuse of power. And at some point in time, we will all be measured by how we use the power that God has given us. Now the issue of power was clearly addressed by Jesus when his disciples came to him one day seeking positions of power and authority. Jesus was making his way to Jerusalem at the time of the Passover, and while Jesus knew he was going to Jerusalem to give up his life for others and to carry a cross, his disciples were thinking that he was going there to become a political leader, maybe even crowned a king. And as they walked along the road, James and John, two of the first followers of Jesus who had been with him from the beginning and saw all the ways that Jesus served others, asked Jesus for special consideration. Hear their story in Mark's Gospel, the 10th chapter. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we wanted you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right hand, the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right and on my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. And when the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, what James and John wanted was power. They wanted to be in charge. They wanted to have control, and it's like they were asking Jesus for top positions in the cabinet that Jesus was going to form. Jesus had always talked about sacrifice and serving others and denying yourself and The disciples had clearly seen Jesus building a kingdom where he gathered together outcasts and sinners. But these disciples still wanted worldly power. And while Jesus talked about loving others, the disciples wanted to be in charge of others. And that's the struggle we all face, isn't it? We know what Jesus says about how we should love sacrificially and how we should live for other people first, but we still want to be in charge. And we want that control and we want all of our needs met first. And as this battle rages within us, which which force is going to win? Will we seek positions where we can use our power to control other people or will we humble ourselves and use our power to serve others? How will we measure our lives? Jesus is clear that our lives are going to be measured by how and who. That we, uh, we serve. I want you to look again at Mark 10:43. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Our lives will be measured by serving people, by helping people, by putting the needs of other people before our own. And Jesus uses three powerful illustrations to make this point. First, Jesus uses a child to show us that our lives will be measured by how we use our power. Earlier in this 10th chapter of Mark, we see children being brought to Jesus so that he could bless them. And children in Jesus' day were not honored. They were not revered the way they are today. And children had no social power. They had no position. So spending time with them was considered a waste of time. The disciples saw what was going on, and they tried to keep the children away from Jesus because Jesus had better things to do. But notice Jesus' reaction. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples, and he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their head and blessed them. And I like those verses because they tell us that when we use our power in our position in our influence to bless others, we are commended for that. And when we use our power to control other people and keep others in their place, we are going to be Condemned. Jesus used his power to help and save other people, and Jesus calls us to use our power to do the same. Now, secondly, Jesus illustrated how we need to use our power with a towel, a simple towel. At the Passover meal, the disciples had all gathered together, but there were no servants there to wash people's feet, and none of the disciples wanted to be Uh, doing that job either so jesus got up from the table he took off his outer robe he wrapped a towel around his waist and started washing the feet of his disciples and his point was that our lives will be measured by how we serve others see feeding the hungry in our community and making sure people have food at christmas time and thanksgiving is just one way of doing that providing meals for advent house A homeless shelter is another way that we do that. The towel needs to be the measure of our life. The question is, will we humble ourselves and use the power that God has given us to serve? Sometimes service, serving others, it gets messy. It's inconvenient, it's challenging, but it's the measure that God uses. And then third, the last symbol of how we need to use our power is the bread and the cup. Jesus didn't just bless children and serve others. He was willing to give up all of his earthly power. He was, or, he was willing to give up his life in order to forgive and to save. So what would it look like for us to measure our lives, not just by what we do, not just by our service, but by our sacrifice? What are we willing to give up? What are we willing to go without so that others can have life and feel loved and know the full measure of God's love. A child, a towel, and the bread in the cup need to be the measurements we use in evaluating our lives. Are we reaching out to the least and to the lost? Are we serving the needs of people in our community? Are we sacrificing what we have and who we are so that others can simply live? This is the measure God uses in our lives, and we hear this in the parable of the sheep and the goats that's recorded for us in Matthew's Gospel, again, only chapter 25. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my Father, Inherit the kingdom, prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick? or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now that parable often leads us to some questions about our salvation are we saved by what we do or are we saved by grace through faith in christ alone let me say very clearly this morning that we are saved by god's grace through faith in jesus christ salvation is not earned it's a gift but our faith in christ can be measured and seen in how we live and if we truly believe in jesus then that means that we will strive in our lifetime to. Uh, the same way that Jesus did, and we will serve the way that Jesus served. We aren't saved by our service, but our faith can be measured through that service. Jesus teaches us in this parable that our lives are going to be measured by who we serve and how we serve. Did we feed the hungry and clothe the naked and welcome the stranger? Did we care for the sick? Did we visit those in prison? Our our lives are going to be measured by how we use our power to serve others and if we can't think of any specific times and places in our lives and say you know that's how i served then maybe we need to start serving and if we can't identify how we lift up those who are forgotten in our society and how we take a towel and serve others and sacrifice for others then maybe we need to reevaluate our lives today so that we're giving ourselves to the right things things that matter the most It's not too late for any of us to change our priorities and start serving others. See, in every season of the year, there are opportunities to find specific times and places and people to serve. And trust me, there are people all around us who are in need. If we'll just open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, God will show us who we can serve. So ultimately, the Bible says that our lives are going to be measured by how we love, how we give, and who we serve. Which means that these are the things that need, we need to give ourselves to. These need to be the priorities in our life. And there's no better day to start that than today. See, no, none of us knows how much time God's going to give us in this life. None of us knows when our lives might be over and when we'll be standing before God. And when that time comes, the big question is how are we going to measure up? Will God be able to see all the people in our life that we've loved? Will God be able to see all the ways in which we gave our money and our time and our resources back to him? Will God be able to point out the people we have served in life? How we are living today will not only determine what people will be saying about us sometime later, but it will show how God will measure our lives when we stand before him. So I invite you to commit your lives today to loving and giving and serving in the name of and in the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.